0: Keeping our students and staff safe is always our top priority. Today on Inside the OSD, we are talking with Oregon Police Department Chief Pegnikov about the very important topic of school safety.
1: Welcome to this episode of Inside the OSD Podcast, where it's all about the kids. Here's your host, lifelong educator, and our superintendent, Dr. Leslie Bergstrom.
0: Hello, Chief, and thank you for joining us today on Inside the OSD. This is a really important topic to us as school officials, and I know it is for you in the Oregon Police Department. We have strong safety protocols in place, and many of our listeners know that they can find information about them on our website, which is oregonsd.org safety. And I certainly encourage everyone to review that page or at least bookmark it so they can find it when needed. It is information on the terminology we use, how we communicate, and important tips to keep in mind. We'll come back to some of this throughout the podcast, but let's jump into our discussion. We're very grateful for the partnership we have with the OPD and for our School Resource Officer or the SRO program. Could you start by introducing yourself and your journey to becoming chief of the Oregon police department?
1: Yes. So my name is Jenny Pegankoff. I've been the chief of police with Oregon for about three years. And prior to that, I have been with the Oregon police department for about 17 and then in law enforcement for 20. Uh, the reason I I stepped up and, and wanted to be the chief of police for the village of Oregon is, um, this community is so unique. Uh, they have so much love in this community and I could not imagine keeping any other community safe uh, like the village of Oregon Uh, stepping up as the police chief I wanted to lead the amazing people that work for the Oregon Police Department they are a unique wonderful hardworking group that's fully committed to keeping this community safe and uh, that's why I wanted to be chief Uh, I love this community and I just really enjoy working with the people Uh, at the Oregon police department
0: that's a lovely answer thank you something some people may not realize is that due to the geographical configuration of our school district we're really long and we actually have three different law enforcement jurisdictions can you talk a little bit about this and how the opd works with other jurisdictions that serve brooklyn and fitchburg
1: yes um, i would agree it creates some logistical challenges and uh, School leadership as well as the police department leadership has identified that as as a challenge. And I think right out of the gate, we've um, uh, tried to work through those challenges and and build upon them. So on the police side of things, um, I have a really good working relationship with the Fitchburg Police Department and specifically Chief Morales. Um, Also uh, Chief Barrett, or Sheriff Barrett, excuse me, with Mm -hmm. the Dane County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we work very well together and have trained together in, in, uh, responses to, to active shooter type situations. Um, and Brooklyn elementary creates some logistical challenges in that too. We're involving two counties, Dane County and Green County. Right. right. So we have had many conversations with Green County Sheriff's office and we have great connections there as well.
0: Well, I also want to thank you in that you allow the SRO who is a village of Oregon police officer to go to Forest Edge and to Brooklyn and to mentor kids and to form positive relationships with students, even though it's not their jurisdiction. So it's nice that um, Officer is able to shoot hoops with kids or other things so that they're creating a positive association with, with police. Um, School safety, as we know, is a priority for everyone. And as I mentioned, our protocols are listed on our website, but the ones the families may have the most questions about are the secure protocol and the lockdown protocol. Now, for our listeners, as a reminder, a secure is used when there is an event outside the building and we need to secure the perimeter. An example would be an incident in our community. The action with this protocol is that the doors are locked and people don't come in or out, but business continues on as usual inside. The lockdown protocol is used when there is a threat or hazard on school property. This action is associ- The action associated with this protocol is locking all the classroom doors and turning out the lights. One thing we hear about is the importance of being prepared. Can you talk a little bit about how the OPD prepares for the potential safety events and the importance of the practice that we've done together?
1: yes so um we've done a lot of uh preparing um both internally and externally so uh internally the dane county emergency management has taken the lead on what they call asim and it's a county-wide platform on how to respond to any sort of active shooter situation it could involve a school it could involve a business or any other sort of venue but um initially they had asked for um, police chiefs to look at staff that may excel in those areas of instructing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have an instructor within our police department. His name is uh, Sergeant Jeremy Hatfield, phenomenal instructor. He instructs in multiple disciplines. Okay, And he has uh, moved forward with Dane County Emergency Management in instructing not only our police department, but other police departments, uh, members of the sheriff's office, uh, fire and EMS. SO THAT WHEN, IF AND WHEN WE HAVE TO RESPOND TO ONE OF THESE SORT OF SITUATIONS, um, WE ARE NOT ONLY PREPARED, WE'RE WELL-EQUIPPED AND WE'RE WORKING TOGETHER VERSUS IN SILOS. Um, WE TRAIN CONSTANTLY FOR THESE SORT OF SITUATIONS, BUT THEN WE ALSO DO A MINIMUM OF ONCE A YEAR A FULL-SCALE RESPONSE BY POLICE TO AN ACTIVE SHOOTER SITUATION. AND IN PAST YEARS WE'VE ACTUALLY USED uh, SCHOOLS WITHIN OUR JURISDICTION WHEN THEY'RE CLOSED, DURING THE SUMMER (laughs) TO DO EXERCISES, AND I I THINK THAT'S REALLY GREAT TO USE OUR OREGON SCHOOLS BECAUSE IT HELPS US, THE OREGON POLICE DEPARTMENT, IDENTIFY ANY AREAS WHERE WE COULD FOCUS MORE ON OR WHERE RESPONSE MAY BE MORE CHALLENGING. Um, OUTSIDE OF THAT, uh, AND I THINK THIS IS THE MOST IMPORTANT THING, IS um, OUR PARENTS AND OUR SCHOOL, OUR STUDENTS AND OUR COMMUNITY uh, EXPECT AND THEY CERTAINLY SHOULD GET the police department, fire, EMS, and the school district to work and collaborate strongly in these efforts. Absolutely. And, you know, we cannot work in silos in the, in these areas. And uh, so we do tabletop exercises. In fact, we've done tabletop exercises at all schools in the village. And I think they've been just incredibly successful. Uh, We've gained a lot. It's never a checkoff checkbox we got this done it's how can we grow how can we build and improve even more Um, and our worlds are very different police and uh, schools and then bringing this together um, I just think it's going to be that much stronger if heaven forbid um, we have this sort of situation and um, with this last incident where we had a threat called in um, I think a lot of the success we've had in our tabletops did show and um, how our response was. The communication between the superintendent and myself um, really paid off as to how clo- you know securing that many schools um, in in such a short period of time. It, it feels like forever, but it, realistically, that happened very quickly and very smoothly. Um, and just getting our students and our faculty in buildings that were secure until we could get more
0: information and figure out more about this threat, uh, I I think, really uh, went well. I think so, too, and I do credit the fact that your department ran tabletops with us very recently because um, while none of us want to, we don't want to think about these kinds of things happening, but it's our job to think about what to do in case um, in case bad things happen, and ensuring that we're prepared. And the partnerships that are necessary in an emergency don't happen overnight. You work on them over time, and you utilize those partnerships on a daily basis, and they pay off when we have a really uh, challenging situation as we, we did a couple of weeks ago. So, um, I also want to say that the tabletops, I really uh, appreciated how they were run because it really made people think. We had to talk about what we would actually do in a scenario and to actually put the words out there, um, I think it made people uh, think and it made us even more prepared. So thank you for that. I appreciate it a lot. Communication is a really important part of that process. You referenced it. For example, you I don't even know how many phone calls there were back and forth with you and I during the secure event. But we do our best to communicate what's going on with our families because we're both mothers. We know what it would feel like to have our children in a situation where we weren't sure what was going on so um what i know is that securing safety is the first thing that must be the first thing and then we need to put out information to the people who need it and it has to be balanced between timely and accurate what are your thoughts about this
1: Yeah, i could not agree more um in this day and age with the internet social media and a lot of students having phones information gets out so quickly in a matter of seconds and um Sometimes it can be inaccurate. Sometimes it can be incomplete. And for, for us on the police department side, working with the school district, again, that, that priority is first just making sure everything is safe and that there's really good communication between the school district and the police department as far as what exactly that threat is and the details behind that threat. That takes time. Once a message is ready to be sent out, it has to be accurate. Uh, that first message needs to be accurate because parents have to have, be, have confidence in the information that's coming out and know that while it may be delayed, this is accurate. My kids are safe, and what is the plan moving forward? That takes time, um, and I, I think the school district. This was a a unique situation with this uh, call, this last call with the threats, because. Uh, THE POLICE DEPARTMENT, AND I THINK IT'S BEEN VERY TRANSPARENT, WE'RE SHORT STAFFED. SO uh, BECAUSE WE WERE A BIT SHORT STAFFED, I GOT PULLED MORE INTO THE ACTUAL RESPONSE TO THE CALL VERSUS WHAT WE PRACTICED IN TABLETOP EXERCISES. BUT WHAT WE'VE ALWAYS STRESSED IN THOSE TABLETOP EXERCISES IS THAT IT'S A FLUID SITUATION AND YOU HAVE TO ADAPT. AND WHAT I WILL SAY IS, DR. Bergstrom, YOU WERE GREAT AT ADAPTING TO ME being pulled one way, but then having to answer your questions, and I know that uh, may have delayed in messaging out to parents, but um, I think the accuracy of the message that messages that were sent out for that call were spot
0: on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I can't imagine um, sending out something that you have to send out an update and say you were wrong the first time and what that does to people's confidence. Um, But we want to be accurate because we want to be the source of information as opposed to the digital environment and social media. It's a real challenge, the safety events because information is going to hit social media, often inaccurate information is going to hit social media well before we can have a formal official message. And that is really, really challenging. And that's why it's important that people know that when it comes from us, it is correct. So I really, once again, appreciated the way we were able to communicate throughout that event. Now we have As I said, we both have kids of our own and we know what it feels like if there's a question about school safety. What words do you have for parents and guardians who are listening who are wondering about the best thing they can do during a safety situation?
1: So first I would, and I've done this with my own children, is prior to any event possibly happening, preparing them, having those difficult conversations, AND IF YOU NEED GUIDANCE, THERE'S A LOT OF RESOURCES OUT THERE, AND THE SCHOOL DISTRICT COULD PROVIDE SOME OF THOSE RESOURCES, BUT um, SADLY, MANY CHILDREN ALREADY ARE USED TO THOSE CONVERSATIONS, AND SO WHEN I SAT DOWN WITH MY KIDS AND HAD THOSE CONVERSATIONS, THEY WERE READY FOR THEM. Um, THEY WERE OPEN TO HEARING WHAT GUIDANCE I HAD, AND I THINK THEY NOT ONLY NEED TO HEAR THAT FROM THE SCHOOL, BUT THEY NEED TO HEAR THAT FROM PARENTS. Um, AS FAR AS uh, talking with with uh, your children about if and when something like this does happen just reinforcing to to remain calm to listen to uh, teachers principals on what to do and that police may show up and it's to keep, help keep them safe um, one of the the t- takeaways that we had from this last call with the threats was um, our staff was just so impressed by how many students stopped and thanked them for being there, and, and that it made them feel safer to see the officers there.
0: We have great kids. Yes. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. And I, I got I was standing at the front entrance. I got many waves and parents rolling down windows, just saying thank you. Um, I think we as a society, unfortunately, have grown accustomed to this. Is this could happen. Hmm. Um. What I will say, as far as sitting in the the boots of a police chief, if I ever think there's the remote possibility that someone's going to try to do harm to one of our schools, I am going to put the request that the school be put into lockdown um, because, you know, I I look at these schools as if my own kids are in them and I'm going to do everything I possibly can and my staff is going to do absolutely everything they can to keep um, our our school faculty and, and students safe.
0: I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask it. Is it helpful when parents come to school during an emergency situation?
1: So, as a parent, I, I certainly uh, I understand that, uh, but it creates a lot of challenges for response. Um, even when the threat is not ends up not being legitimate, um, we as the police department are looking at bringing in additional resources. EMS may need to bring in additional resources, and a legitimate threat or a legitimate. Uh, crisis and by parents coming in, it floods the area and it prevents those resources needed to save lives from getting into that area. Um, tactically, when police respond to a threat or an active uh, incident, right, right away we're looking for what's not supposed to be there, what is, what is uh, suspicious, what is not normal and a parent or a large group of parents suddenly showing up angry is certainly not normal. It's either A, going to take away our attention from a possible threat, uh, B, we're going to consider that that is the threat, or C, it's it's going to keep us from getting those additional resources in. So, while I completely understand because I've been put in that circumstance where it was my own kids and the school was in lockdown, as a parent you want to come and you want to get your kids, you want to keep them safe, but please know. Um, our staff is well-trained, well-equipped, and is, uh, it's our top priority to keep those kids safe in any of those sort of scenarios.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us, because I know you're busy. So I appreciate you taking a little time to talk about this really important topic. As a reminder, once again, you can find our safety protocols and additional information at OregonSD.org. Backslash safety, and we encourage you to take some time to review this information. Remember that you can find links to all episodes of Inside the OSD and submit topic ideas on our website at oregonsd.org/podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Make sure to subscribe if you're listening on one of these apps to get notifications on the most recent episodes. We'll see you next time on Inside the OSD, where it's all about the kids.